everybody, and welcome to That's Life, the show where we love commuting in mass transit during these few weeks of the years because there's always a seat available on the subway. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday at 10 a.m., right after Charlie and right before Nahum's live lunch, as I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. Coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network, on the beautiful Lower East Side, I am joined, put that mic on, my friend, I am joined by my handy-dandy uh, in-flight partner, ZK. What's up, ZK? Hey, good afternoon, <laughs> Miriam, or should I say good morning? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good morning. I know, you're totally... With, with all our flying... Yeah, you're so jet-lagged. I am so jet-lagged. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I told Nahum, by the way, that I was having more trouble than usual recovering from the jet-lag, and I'm, you know, thank God, in decent shape, but I will tell you, this one really hit, right? Unbelievable. I'm telling you, it probably, I would say a good four or five days before I start feeling somewhat back to normal. Yeah, I've been sleeping a lot more than usual as a person who usually only needs about five hours of sleep a night. The fact that I need eight and are like taking naps at 830 is completely unlike me. But it is good to see you here on the Lower East Side. I'm happy to hear, happy for you to be here. It was fun doing the live lunch with you uh, just the other day. It's always nice having you around. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. And if you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach once a week is just not enough for you, do what Yael Fromowitz does. Hello, Yael Fromowitz. It's funny saying that on the air, funny saying that online. You can friend me on Facebook, send me an invite on LinkedIn. Shoot me an email, miriam at nachamsegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show, not being rude, just being honest, but I will make all efforts to get back to you afterwards. Also, follow us on Twitter, Net, all one word, and... Miriam L. Wallach. But, oh, i got to shut the uh, volume on my computer, that's for sure. A thanks to listener Arie Blout, who uh, emailed us last week while we were talking about Zumba. He asked a great question I was able to pose on the air. So thank you for that feedback, and thank you for being part of the show. By the way, I was laughing before about saying Yael Fromowitz, because really, <laughs> in her former life, she was Yael Lassen, intern here at That's Life and the Nachum Siegel Network. So a hearty mazal tov. To the Lassen and Framowitz families on the wedding of Yael to Ariel Framowitz the other night. What a simcha, ZK. i got to tell you, it was crazy labadic. Schleimy Dax Orchestra did a wonderful job. The place was absolutely rocking. It was one of those um, floor kind of vibration uh, weddings, you know, when you feel like everyone's jumping up and down. Oh, I know that hall. You, def- <laughs> you definitely feel... <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit worried. You're a little bit worried. A little bit worried you're going to fall off the ladder at some point. (laughs) I want you to know, by the way, about those ladders that photographers and videographers leave around when they're either going to the Hussin side or whatever. If you're going to leave it there, I'm going to stand on it. Somebody (laughs) dared me, because we all wanted to see what was going on the other side of the Mechitza. Somebody dared me. She's like, I dare you to get up on the Mechitza. I'm like, "Uh, get up on the ladder. I said, do you know me? This doesn't take a dare. Are you kidding me? And I set it up, and somebody else looks at me, and I said, if you want to go up there, go up there. But if if you guys are going to leave it around, we're using it. Until we get back. I can shake you off. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'm not afraid of you. But anyway, it was a great night. So Yael and Ariel Framwitz, Mazal Tov, enjoy your Shavabrachas. And uh, Yael, when you get back to reality, we got work to do around here. Anyway, today is packed. We have a packed show. We have a full lineup. So let's get to today's segments. Yep, you know it. ZK, I know you miss doing the fortune cookie with me. I know. By the way, I, I don't want you to think that I don't know because I do know. You look forward to this every week. Here we go. The fortune cookie says, the secret that leads to many goals is tenacity, otherwise known as being a nudnik. But (laughs) that's the Jewish way of saying it. (laughs) 
<laughs> we just heard all about that, right? Yes. Oh, we sure did. We sure did. All right. Let's go to uh, today's national holidays. Those are always important. It's Boxing Day in Canada. Yes, December 26th is Boxing Day. Uh, what do you want to say? I thought it was some type of ice day or what. I, I, hear, they, I hear they have lots, lots of ice there now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. By the way, do you see those pictures that Yummy Schachter posted on Facebook? I did not. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And he's, uh, you know, shouldn't be afraid of snow at this point living in Toronto. But even he says he was hit hard. Boxing Day is the 26th. Oh, Canada, my home and native land. Uh, a shout out to all my friends who I was with my year in Israel when we were studying abroad. Because every time we went on a teul, a bunch of songs that we sang out loud, one of them was the Canadian National Anthem. I could not tell you all the words at this point. But the three most successful exports from Canada. Come on, ZK. Maple syrup. Hockey players. Come on, what's the third? Um, Comedians. Give comedians. me a break. <laughs> of course. <laughs> David Carvey. <laughs> Martin Short. We love our Canadians. Uh, they're great neighbors because they're always apologizing. It's also National Thank You Note Day. Because it's the 26th and it's National Thank You Note Day. And uh, I guess if you have to be thankful for something, you should write it down. It's also National Winers Day, which in my house is 365 days a year. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our first guest, I don't want to keep her waiting too long on the phone. Our first guest is Joanna Shebson from Fun in Jerusalem. Joanna's been on with us before. She's a wonderful return guest. And she has a bunch of different things that have, uh, I, I guess, new and improved Fun in Jerusalem. So I want, can't wait to hear about it. Hello, Joanna. Hi, Miriam. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thanks so much for joining me. I would say Arab Tov to you. It is evening in Jerusalem. Um, how did you fare, by the way, during the storm? Um, we managed. There were about six days where I had all my children at home. <laughs> and you thought you were living in New York for a second, didn't you? <laughs> exactly. Well, no, as soon as I saw the um, Jerusalem tractor being used as a snowplow, <laughs> I knew I was not in New York. Yeah, I actually showed that picture to a bunch of people, and they looked at me and they said, what is that? I'm like, that's a snowplow. And they said, no, that's like an earth mover. I said, exactly. The truth of the matter is you're also from Los Angeles, so you don't know from snow. No, I I mean, I was out there with my dishwasher salt trying to melt my walkway (laughs) outside my front door. And someone said to me, you're definitely not from Canada or New York. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. By the way, ZK, is there an extra mic on? It's like a little reverb. There we go. Thank you. Um, that's really funny. Yeah, I know that a lot of people were trying to be um, creative. I don't remember who I was on the phone with in Israel, but she had commented that somebody was using a squeegee to clear snow, and it was like classic Jerusalem, classic Israel kind of moment. But anyway, let's talk about fun in Jerusalem, because I know you have a bunch of different things that have um, that have taken place and that have changed, and there are a number of events going on during the Yeshiva winter break in, coming up in January that we have to get to. But the number one most exciting thing to me is the fact that you finally have a U.S. toll-free reservation number. Yes, and not only that, but I don't know if you realize the number is, is 855-386-5756. Oh. I tell you what does that spell. But I'll tell you, it spells Fun Jerusalem, J-S-L-M. Really? So it really took a, a lot of researching to get that, you know, the right number. That's really all right. I'm going to ask you off the air how you did that because the one, the our uh, Nahum number was set up before me. But <laughs> ZK is like, I can tell you how to do that. Um, but that's really cool. Good for you. What made you finally get a uh, a an American toll free number? Um, I think it's really important. We have a lot of American tourists who want to find out information about activities before they come, and being able. You know, with today's technology, this phone number forwards onto my cell phone number, or if I'm not available, it forwards onto a voicemail that gets sent to me as an email. 
um, which I can respond to right away. So the, the, the technology is there, and there's no reason why we shouldn't make it easier for the customers. No, I think that that's great, and it also it also reflects the fact that you're really tuned into um, Jerusalem being an international destination and the fact that uh, tourism is what it is, and you need as a as a business based in Jerusalem to really reach that niche market of families who are coming overseas and don't want to necessarily make a phone call to Israel every time they need to reach you. Exactly. And also, although they can always reach us by email, people like to hear that they're speaking to a person. And yes. we, that's what sets us apart. Our website is, it's, we're here. We're real. And we're the ones who are giving you the advice on what to do. Right. Now, funinjerusalem.com is your source for kids' events in Jerusalem. It is a wonderful, wonderful website. By the way, also, um, shout out to the person who made your logo, your new logo, because I really like it. Thank you. It's a, um, a Jerusalem stamp of approval. Yes. Fun in Jerusalem stamp of approval. It's, um, it's fantastic. But, you know, something else I wanted to mention, by the way, in talking about families that are coming overseas and, and, um, and looking to do different events in Jerusalem over vacation is that, you also help create event, um, you know, event packages for families who are coming overseas for smachot, right? Right. Very often families are coming for like a family get-together or a family bar mitzvah. We can plan full days for people, activities, food, transportation, really take care of making sure that they're going to have something really fun and exciting on the part of their trip that takes place in Jerusalem. And what about the the, the families or, or businesses or whatever that exist already in in um, in Israel and want to use your services. Is that available to them? Yeah, actually, you can see on our Facebook page, I posted a picture this week. We did, in Israel, it's called a Yom Kef. Okay, Kef a day of fun, fun. right. And um, so it was a day of fun that a, a law, we took a law office. There were 15 lawyers, and we took them out um, for a Yom Kef to a scavenger hunt in the Mishkanot Shananim Yamin Moshe area. They learned all about the area playing a fun game where they raced against, in teams against each other. And then um, lunch on Emek Rafaim at Marvarak Samim afterwards. Mm. All you could eat shawarma, pargyot, nice. chicken, meat. And it was fabulous. It was a great bonding experience for them. And uh, thank God it all worked seamlessly. You know, one of the things I like to do as a New Yorker is to be a tourist in New York. I remember one of the, to- one of the uh, great little T-Lim, if you want to put it that way, that I did with my kids one, uh, I think it was like a Cholomoid Pesach, is that I walked the Williamsburg Bridge. I walked, um, actually, I walked the Brooklyn Bridge with them. And just literally leaving our car in Brooklyn, walking over the bridge, it was a beautiful day, ending up in Manhattan, and just walking around completely aimlessly, looking at the at the city as a tourist is just a totally different experience. And I wonder if you get that feedback from other Jerusalemites who, <clears throat> excuse me, who Look, who are involved in your Yom Kef, either as a family or for an event or with a business, and say, "My God, I I didn't know I could enjoy Jerusalem as even you know as a Jerusalemite." Yeah, definitely. We had two women who were part of the group who said afterwards, "You know, we're going to be planning bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs in the near future, and we'd love to consider doing this." So they really enjoyed it and saw a different part of Jerusalem in a fun and exciting, interactive way. The um. The need for a website like Fun in Jerusalem, um, while it while we have discussed with our our audience before on the air that it started as a mommy blog simply as a hobby for you, but quickly turned into a business because you knew and learned that you were reaching an audience 
of people who really had a quest, a, a, a need for this kind of information and wasn't available to them. Tell me what it took for you to take your hobby and look at it seriously and say, you know what, this is actually a business. So it's interesting because when I started and I started writing about a whole bunch of different places and then I added a calendar that lists every day the activities that are going on, um, the business grew naturally because of the requests I got. So I got emails requesting, can you plan a Yom Kef for us? Can you plan um, our trip? Um, the best one, which I know you'll appreciate, which will give you an insider's tip to my next Times of Israel blog. Oh, is I was going to ask you about your blog, but we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Um, for example, with this new phone number, the phone number went live. I was all excited. We published the number, and we also have an Israeli a Jerusalem number. Mm-hmm. And we get our first phone call. The phone rings. We're all sitting around. We're like, okay, what's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And it's this guy with this very nervous voice. So I have a date tomorrow, <laughs> and last week I took her to the hotel lobby, and she didn't really get to see the fun side of me. Oh. What can you suggest I do? And I, I never thought of myself as a dating advice website but That's you know funny. it's full of fun things to do so it works so where did you send him to go um i sent him i said if he wanted to be a bit adventurous he should go on a segue if he wanted to be more um like a quiet nice get to know you kind of experience he should do a chocolate workshop oh that's and cute i'd go out wanted- with him a third time if he took me on a chocolate workshop say that again i said i would go out with him a third time if he took me on a chocolate workshop <laughs> I, I, all I said to him was, the place you take her will make a difference. I'll never forget the guy who took me to a Chinese restaurant for dessert. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> oh. And only dessert. <laughs> I could tell you a great, you know what, I will tell you a great Chinese restaurant story, but it's totally irrelevant. A good friend of mine had a series of, like, first dates and kept on going to the same Chinese restaurant with every one of these girls to the point where the waiter came to his table and said, you want the usual? <laughs> Anyway, but back to you. Yeah, um, you know, one thing I want to ask you is is the Times of Israel blog. Tell me how it started, and tell me where you what you use it for. So the Times of Israel is a great new. It's a great website that really um, informs people about what's going on in Israel, and then they have a blog section where different people from all over the world can start their own blog. And I thought, you know, I do a lot of blogging on the Fun in Jerusalem website. So what's going to be a bit different about this? And I thought this is going to be sort of an insider's look into working in the tourism business mm. and some funny stories about things that happened to me at work that I wouldn't necessarily write on my own blog. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. One thing that I know that you and I have spoken about um, in terms of being in this kind of an industry um, is managing expectations of customers. And something that you and I have also spoken about is the fact that as an international entity, we, we struggle about how to meet the needs of our um, customers overseas, you here and me there, and still um, you know, have a little bit of a life. Now, I know that my answering emails on Sundays and Matzei Shabbos, et cetera, et cetera, are not the norm, though I appreciate the fact that I have a six-day-a-week business. So how do you do it on the flip side? Because Friday, I imagine you're not working, and Shabbos, obviously, you're not working. So how do you help manage expectations of your customers um, from your end? So... The, the little secret is that I do check emails late in the middle of the night if I wake up in the middle of the night. But um, 
basically on Fridays I do answer some emails. Like if a customer is requesting activity information, I answer that email as quickly as I possibly can. And um, we also work on Sundays. So by Sunday I was able to, I'm able to write a long reply to a person who wrote to me on mm. Friday. But and I do know how to turn our Sun in Jerusalem cell phone onto silent because people don't always <laughs> take into account the time difference. Right. No, that's really smart. I know that um, when we were working on the trip for a couple of weeks ago and we were in Israel, um, I kept it was Sunday and we were leaving that night and I was including somebody from one of the um, organizations that we were working with from their New York office on all these emails and somebody from their Israel office says, you know, no need to include that person. Um, you know, he or she does not work on Sundays. And I'm saying to myself, I'm working on Sunday. When you're in an international world, and that's what we're in, and the e-commerce world as it is depends on everyone having very loose hours. It might be intrusive into somebody's life, but that's, you know, but that's life for all intents and purposes. I was taken aback when that person said, you know, she doesn't work on Sundays. Like, I couldn't figure that out. But I know that you and I recognize the fact that, yes, we may be to an extreme, <laughs> checking emails in the middle of the night, but that's also the kind of customer service that you and I try to provide and that kind of relationship that we want to have with our customers. Right, exactly. Now, I would prefer to get emails between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., <laughs> but I'm happy to answer the emails when you know as they come in when I can. Yeah, no, I know this is something that I struggle with and, and something that um, my family wishes I struggled with less. Uh, Joanna Shepson from FunInJerusalem.com is on the phone with us, and we need to tackle the different things that are going on during the January winter break going on in Jerusalem. Okay, so actually I've got something really exciting to tell you about. Um, I started, obviously Fun in Jerusalem has its own Facebook group and its own Facebook page, but I started a specific group. Now, don't make fun of the name because I think that I chose a very long name, but it's called Coming to Israel for Yeshiva Break, January 2014. It works. Now, look up Coming to Israel for Yeshiva Break, and you'll see <laughs> the idea is that people from Chutzlaretz, from America, from England, wherever they're coming, um, should join the group and there are a lot of activities that we do where we offer private groups. But a private group is, is expensive, and sometimes it can be up to 15 people, and a family of four or five is, are coming, and they, they're not interested in doing something private. So the idea of the group is to post their different activities that are going to be going on, that families can get together and form a group, even if they don't know each other. They're both interested in doing a scavenger hunt on the same day. We can put together a group for them. Well, I want you to know I'm on it now. All I did was put the word, start putting the word coming into the search engine for Facebook and it automatically popped up. Fantastic. Yep. And right. Scavenger hunt, jeeping, Genesis land, snappling, horseback riding, and more. What is Genesis land? Genesis land is also known as Eretz Breshit. Ah, okay. Just outside of Jerusalem and it's an experience, it's a biblical experience where you meet Abraham and I wouldn't say Abraham because it's more of an Abraham experience and, um, Eliezer, and they greet you in the tent, and you go camel riding, and you bake pitot, and overlooking the desert. Beautiful experience. Oh, that sounds great. And tell me also about this, um, the scavenger hunt, because this is something I really want to do with my kids, please God, the next time we come. So we've got two different types of hunts. One is we've got a scavenger hunt that takes place in the old city, or Nachlaot, and it's a lot of fun, interactive, um, broke your your families are broken up into teams. Everyone's been given a task. There's a photographer and there's a teacher and there's a guide and a map holder. And you follow the, the clues that take you around the neighborhood and you really learn about the history of the area. 
Um, we also offer one in the Yemin Moshe Mishkanot Shananim area, which also teaches you about the history, and it's more of a fun, interactive game with some really cool tricks and things that you need to do in order to get the next clue. How often, by the way, are you updating this the same way you update your website and the blog and everything else? So what I started off doing was I listed the activities that we got email requests for from a family that said, I want to do a ropes course, but I'm, we're only four people and we're interested in this date. And mm. so then I put the activity up there. But I'm going to start listing more and more activities on that particular group. Um, things that I know for sure will be going on the week of Yeshiva break, because as much as the the U.S. world revolves around this Yeshiva break, it, a local Israeli has no idea why there are a lot of Americans <laughs> in Jerusalem that week. Right, I imagine, so, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to find special activities at the Israel Museum or the Bible Lands Museum, but you will find special activities of fun in Jerusalem. Oh, that's a great point. That's a great point. All right, so everyone's got to check out this website, uh, their website in general, which is funinjerusalem.com. And go to Facebook and search Coming to Israel, and what will pop up is Coming to Israel for Yeshiva Break, January 2014, and you can check out everything Joanna has to offer, and possibly, you know, hook up with another family and do something with them, which is always, always a lot of fun. Joanna, a continued Hatzlacha. I can't wait to read your next uh, blog post on Times of Israel. It's a lot of fun to have you blogging there as well. Thanks very much. All right, Laila Tov, thanks so much. Bye-bye. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network, and my next guest is actually here in the studio with me. Ariel Sturman is here, and his greatest claim to fame right now is that he's friends with Adina Lichtman. And I'm only saying that to be quasi-funny because Adina was here last week with uh, the Knock Knock Give a Sock program, and um, you know, good people travel with other good people. And so I get this email from Ariel telling me that he's friends with Adina, which, by the way, would have been enough to get you on. I just want to be honest. <laughs> But he's also a student at NYU, though you're at NYU Stern, correct? Yeah. So you are a business student, and you also launched a, a, a wonderful, wonderful tzedaka. Yeah. Um, this August, a couple of friends and I came together. Um, Joe Teplo from Yeshiva University, Jeffrey Dabrinsky from Queens College. We're all good friends from uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, actually. And uh, Joe came to me and Jeff for this idea of launching an online charity-giving platform. He showed me some designs. I thought he was kind of joking, like, oh, this is a cool little idea I had. And three days later, he came up to us again. He's like, do you want to launch this with me? And we're like, okay, let's go for it. And then Good Street was born. Yeah. In one night at the uh, Chabad House Bowery, we were sitting there from 6 p.m. till about 2 a.m. Just wow. getting all the technology in place for what would hopefully be an influx of people signing up to the site, which uh, I'll tell you about in a second. Yeah, and no, I can't wait to hear about that. Keep in mind, Facebook was like one night also, you know? They think crazy things happen on one night in college, but uh, but this is a great idea. And he just literally, he had, it was it was just something that he came up with and started working on his own and brought to you guys. Yeah, um, Joe's always been into uh, social entrepreneurship. He started his own um, charity organization back when he was in SAR a couple of years back. And um, his idea, basically the basic idea of Good Street, just uh, for the viewers to know, is that for listeners to know, is that we um, have created an online charity giving platform which asks people to give at least a quarter, just a quarter a day to charity every single day. And we provide you with a different cause. Let's say today's cause is take Alzheimer's, for example. Okay. So uh, we send you an email with a little description about Alzheimer's and its its implications and its uh, consequences. And we also provide two charities for you to choose from to give your quarter to that day that work towards Alzheimer's in different ways. So let's say Alzheimer's care versus Alzheimer's research. Wow. And uh, with a simple click of a button, you're able to direct your quarter to where you want it to go. 
And uh, while a quarter doesn't sound like much, obviously, when you come quarters together... Quarters add up. Quarters add up and to a significant amount. We're already giving $60 a day from quarters. That's amazing. And um, over $22,000 a year. That's crazy. All money that wasn't going to charity organizations, you know, three months ago. Do you know how many people want those quarters, by the way? Those are the people who live in Cedarhurst and are worried about those meters. But tell me, literally, (laughs) I mean, we're not talking about what, you know, people say give a dollar a day, give a this a day. You're talking about 25 cents, Mm -hmm. 25 pennies. That's all it's taking to make a difference. Exactly. And uh, what's crazy is that you might not think I'm giving my quarter to a little, you know, a little stucker box in the pizza restaurant. I don't know where that's going, but if you're able to see the results every day, we show you how much the community came together to give the day before. So uh, you see like 80% chose this charity, 20% chose that charity, totaling this amount and that amount. It's like truly incredible to see not only just how much we're giving, but also the growth over time of, of, the, of the pool kids. of money. I love college kids because, first of all, there's a fearlessness. Like you looked at this and said, all right, you know, let's give it a shot because life is without, you know, you live life without a net. You just keep going. Everything is a high wire, and there's something about – what are you, 21? Yeah. Okay, not bad. Um, there's something about being 21 and being in college and being open to different experiences and having it an, uh, an opportunity like NYU Stern and being in the village and saying, you know what? Let's go. Let's give this a shot. And when you get older, as I sound like I'm 150, everything is more you, – you, you, you're a little bit more cautious you have, and it's not just about having other responsibilities or having more life experience. You just, by nature, are a little bit more um, reticent or hesitant before mm-hmm. doing something. But then you have these twenty-year-olds who are looking at each other, going, "Dude, why not?" And if we're all collecting quarters, and it adds up. Like, how amazing! So, so did you look at each other one night and okay, everything all right? Um, did you look at each other, everything, and said, "You know, why not?" Yeah. Was it just that simple? Pretty much. It. Uh... <laughs> We got Joe told us the idea, and we just jumped on it right away. Uh, and that was the night Good Street was born. Uh, Good Street's the name of the organization. Where did, the, where did the name come from, by the way? So ultimately, I think the idea comes from uh, creating a community of people coming together to do nice. good. So uh, a street, you know, represents a community, block party, whatever it is. Um, hopefully, when we have physical, actual events with our community of online people, we'll we're creating a more than just an online charity platform. We're also creating a real community of people dedicated to doing good, good speech, good thoughts, good actions, wow. more than just the quarter that they're giving every single day. How do people give a quarter? So uh, we actually charge you for the month subscription. Okay. So because uh, otherwise credit card processing fees would take away right. too much of the uh, – And would be crazy. Amount. Yeah. yeah. It, you'd actually lose money because I think 30 cents is taken off. Would, and I can only imagine Amex not being happy with all the quarter charges that uh, exactly. people are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yes, we charge you by the month. You can also, you can give more than 25 cents if you choose. You can give 50 cents or a dollar. Soon we're going to open it up, I think, to giving as much as you want with a minimum of a quarter a day. So, yeah, we charge you for the month. It's a recurring payment plan. So you're you're notified like a couple of days in advance that your payment's going to be subscri- uh, resubscribed. And um, so far, actually, we've had maybe a 96, 97% retention rate, meaning people are continuing wow. to just to continue giving their 750 a month or quarter a day. How many people at NYU are doing this? I feel like there's a flush. I feel like what is, Hey ZK. I almost want a rummy back here, I'm just saying. <laughs> um how many it just seems like there's a whole bunch of the of kids at NYU, these budding entrepreneurs, these social entrepreneurs, these forward-thinking leaders of tomorrow. I mean, you guys all hanging out together? Um well, actually, so let's say the business school itself, where what I'm part of, they they push this social entrepreneurship, corporate social responsibility, shared value, all these things. They push them at you in all the classes. But uh, most of my inspiration doesn't really come from there. It comes from you know the group of friends I hang out with, like you spoke about, Adina Lichtman wow. and Knock Knock Give a Sock. Um, 
It was just amazing. I remember the night we collected the socks together. Oh, actually, you were there? Yeah, it was in- I incredible. I love that the story just, is going on for two weeks. This was such a great story. An incredible initiative. They actually went to pick up the uh, socks from high schools earlier this week. I think they received over a thousand total, which is oh insane. Unbelievable. There are mothers out there who are pinning those socks together to send their kids to camp wondering where those socks went. But they went mm-hmm. to a good cause, that's for sure. How much does it cost a month? To, uh, yeah, what's the 25, what's the 25 cents? Adds up to $7.50 a month. So basically um, what somebody spends potentially on Starbucks in two days or depending on your coffee habit, right? One sitting. Exactly. It could just be two hours there. That's what we're talking about for doing a good thing and a consistent good thing just by giving 25 cents a day. Mm -hmm. And the impact is truly incredible. If you think about it, we, um, We've given, I think, over $2,000 so far in the last three months total. That's beautiful. And it's only growing each and every day. That's and beautiful. Who picks the charities? So, great question. Uh, we actually, for the first couple of weeks and couple of months, it was me, uh, Joe Teplo, Jeff Dorinsky, and we added a fourth co-founder, Joe Benoon, a student from Princeton University as well. Um, and we'd be up like late at night, you know, quickly researching charities. We all had tests the day before, and we didn't have time to prepare the email. And it could be like this huge mess at 3 a.m. We're trying right. to figure it out. Um, since then, we've kind of made things more efficient. We have a team, network of volunteers known as our postal service because as, <laughs> as like in line with the, uh, street, the street theme. Right. Um, so we have different teams for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Shabbat, and Sunday. Um, we still a couple of days that the co-founders have to take themselves to do because we don't have a full network of volunteers. So if anyone listening wants to volunteer for such an organization, please reach out. Okay. And you, can I give your Gmail address? Please. Actually, we have a, I have an, Email address at Good Street as well. Go, oh, uh, what is it? Ariel at goodstreet.org. Ariel at goodst.org. Ah, okay. So it's not the full word out. It's just ST. Yeah, not yet. We'll hopefully get the domain soon. Ariel, by the way, A R I E L at goodstreet, G O O D S T. Dot org. Dot org. Okay, good. Well, it's amazing that wasn't taken yet, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Did you buy all the dot coms? The goodstreet.com, goodstreet.net. Well, we were trying <laughs> to. They were, they were all kind of taken, so uh, oh, working on that. So you were lucky with that. Mm-hmm. So okay, we, so you have a whole team of people who are volunteering and coming up with charities. Mm-hmm. Who researches, researches the charities? So right now, our volunteers research the charities. Um, we've given them the resources how to vet these charities. There's websites like Charity Navigator, GuideStar, other websites that are dedicated to seeing financial transparency and accountability of of these charities. Um, and then once they come up with this uh, this email, it's sent over to us, and we obviously vet them again before as the four co-founders do due diligence on the charities, um, check out their financial reports and all of that. So you're doing your homework. Yeah, it's a very labor-intensive uh, service right now, and uh, the goal is to hopefully get more and more efficient, more and more volunteers that are willing to help out and people that we can trust with with these, you know, important roles of choosing the charities and, and vetting them. And, no, I and think that – how does somebody approach you about getting their charity funded by Good Street? So you can simply send us an email, actually, either to my address, rl at goodstreet.org, or uh, our general address, hey at goodstreet.org. Just uh, send us an email. <laughs> you know, college kids. Things are pretty informal. Some people say info, right? But, yeah, but you guys have hey. hey I think that's great. Reach out. doesn't need to be so formal. Let us know what your charity is doing. Uh, we'd love to feature you. And, um, yeah, and beyond just, you know, giving charity, we, we envision a, like a global movement of good things happening. So we're actually next week on New Year's Day, we're having a physical event. We're bringing Good Street to the actual streets of New York City um, on Wednesday. We plan on um, setting up a booth in um, Union Square Park. Okay. Where we're putting out 400 or $500 worth of quarters uh, in two buckets with two big posters of two different charities. And we're going to be at, approaching people in the street with a quarter saying, can you give this quarter to a charity today? And we'll explain what Good Street is, 
you have information. The idea of a shaliach doesn't really, you know, of a messenger, you know, of a mitzvah doesn't really exist outside right. the Jewish community. And That's having amazing. that idea of giving quarters out for people to give and then explaining what the idea is and how they could be doing this every single day online. So we're bringing it to the streets. We're going to film it. It's going to hopefully become a really nicely well-edited viral video that you'll see the, the quarter is going down in the bucket and then going up in the two charity buckets and just... How do you get all those quarters? So uh, we're going to have to go to the bank. <laughs> Probably a couple of different banks. Yeah, I'm sure. You're going to have to hit a whole bunch of different banks. Mm-hmm. You're going to have all these college kids looking at, um, you know, looking at each other funny as they're hauling these uh, canvas bags with quarters. Exactly. We have Ariel Sturman. He's from goodstreet.org. That's goodstreet, uh, G-O-O-D-S-T dot org, where 25 cents a day goes a long, long way. So mm-hmm. you said Alzheimer's was one of the charities that you've already supported. Mm-hmm. What else is up there? So we've done things, let's say, breast cancer when it was in October. We did three days of breast cancer, uh, different things like research, uh, support, care, treatment, different things. Uh, today, I, I can't remember today's day. I think it was a New York City literacy. Okay, that's a good one. Sort. Yeah, we've done blindness. We've done, you know, Oklahoma tornado relief. Actually, a very interesting story is that when the uh, Philippines typhoon happened, it happened over Friday night. And um, Saturday night when I read the news, we, we got together on our uh, – on our instant messaging service, and we said we should totally, you know, change the email for tomorrow and make it for Philippines. So within, you know, an hour, we had an email ready, giving to two different organizations right. that were going to provide emergency relief. And the next morning, this email was sent out. We gave over forty dollars, that over thirty-five dollars that day to nice. Philippines Relief. And it was it was amazing is that the uh, community actually reached out to us. A lot of people said, really? you know, I didn't actually know that this event happened, that this terrible tragedy happened in the Philippines. I didn't, oh, I didn't see the news because it happened over Shabbat. I didn't have time. And my first encounter was with the Good Street email, and I'm truly – like, Wow. It's amazing how we can mobilize the community in the time of need, which is one of the dreams of taking this, this community and just really bringing it into current events. If, God forbid, anything happens that requires emergency relief, that requires you know support. You're also making people aware of the needs of other communities. And it was one thing that Adina mentioned last week, and I'm going to misquote her a little bit, but the gist is right – that you really have to know what your community needs. Mm-hmm. You think you know what they need, but listening to them, hearing from them, when she was told by that man experiencing homelessness, and by the way, Adina, if you're listening, that is a that is that is a phrase that I took from you. Man experiencing mm-hmm. homelessness, not a homeless man. Um when when she heard from him that the sandwiches are great but we really need socks, I mean what a lesson. So here you're allowing people from the the comfort of their living rooms or wherever they are to listen to the needs of other communities. If people are posting or or shouting out to you at hey at goodstreet.org and saying, This is something that we need, can you help us? You're bringing people together. You're exactly. making people aware of what's happening in somebody else's backyard. Mm-hmm. Everyone always thinks the grass is greener, but there are issues all over the world, and I'm sure Ariel that you know that there is no there aren't there there's no shortage of tsaras. There's no shortage of people who need, and there's that that emotional that sentiment that connection that you're helping provide. Mm-hmm. And the educational content that we're providing is also just. You know, it's top notch. We're we're vetting these organizations. We're reading about them. We're we're summarizing them. We're um we're giving them quality information to all of our. We call them streeters, the people using our site. I need a, I need a glossary. Tell me all the terms. So we have the uh well we're gonna build out more terms soon too. Okay. Know? But right now we have streeters who are our the main you know crux of our organization. The people that are signing up. The people that are giving the quarter a day. Okay. We have the postal team, which is the uh 
the network of volunteers that are sending out these emails. That's where the postal the postal idea comes from. They're daily sending out these emails, day in day out, rain or shine. Um, it goes every single day. And um, and who else? What other teams have, are you looking to mobilize? So we have who's next? We have community action uh, promoters. Uh, actually, a former student of yours from Hafter, Talia Friedman, uh, Talia runs Friedman. our... Friedman's are good people. She comes from a long line mm-hmm. of of community-minded and family and, and uh, you know community organizers and people who give back, yeah. that's for sure. So she actually runs our Deed of the Day page, which is after you click your donate button, the experience doesn't end there. You're prompted with a suggestion for a kind deed that you could do that day to actually like bring you know kindness in an actionable way to the world just around you. So actually today, as you mentioned, is uh, National Thank You Note Day. And um, we plan Isn't on. Isn't that uh, funny? Yeah. Okay. Go on. And uh, the deed of the deed of the day that you're prompted with today, if you click on the donate button, is to leave a thank you note for your mailman or your garbage man today ah. when they come to your house, which is something not everyone really thinks about. No, certainly not. And by the way, if you didn't tip them this week, you definitely should in yeah. that thank you note. That is for sure. For they sure. are people who make the world go round. Um, Ariel, just one more question, and and then I have to wrap it up, even though. I'm feeling the need to have an entire show dedicated to college mm-hmm. students who are doing amazing things. What do your professors think about what you're doing? So Are they stoked or what? So there's a couple of professors that I've spoken to that love the idea. Um, one of my professors, actually, for my consumer behavior class, consistently makes me get up in front of the classroom and explain how the concepts we're learning in class apply to my organization. Wow. And I, he always puts me on the spot, but it, you know, it's an excellent semester. I learned a lot just by having to put myself out there. Um, and actually, we uh, one of my professors suggested you know getting into gift giving um, through this organization. And what we thought of for the holiday season, there's still time to buy holiday gifts. Still, is that you can actually buy a subscription for someone else to Good Street. So if you can impart, oh, you can impart values. That's so of, cool. Exactly, we call it the gift of giving that you can uh, give someone else the ability to give. So you're you're I guess sponsoring their subscription for the month or three months, six or twelve. And that's uh, amazing. That's a yeah. great gift. Yeah, so it just costs you a little more than the general subscription of eight twenty five for the month, or you know, it goes up by the uh, amount of months you're choosing. And basically, you're giving someone else the ability to direct the quarter every single day to charity, and they're you're imparting values of kindness and generosity. By the way, there's no need to buy anybody a bottle of wine before you go there for a meal anymore. I am telling you, your eight twenty five is much better off. A quarter a day. Can you imagine if a friend of yours who you're going to for a Shabbos meal gets an email saying, congratulations, you've been you know, honored with a with a gift of giving? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an incredible concept. Who needs another bottle of wine? No offense to Kedem and our supporters at Royal Wines. Exactly. But how amazing is that? That's a wonderful opportunity. Well, Kola Kavod to you, and I hope that you and Adina will continue to go do good things and that you guys continue to share it because I love these stories. Yeah, Amen. Ariel Sturman, again, you can reach him at ariel at goodstreet.org, and you can find them at goodstreet.org. Thanks so much. Goodst.org. Goodst.org. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. You're listening to That's Life. You're on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, joined by my third guest. I told you we had a pack show. And actually, Kevin Conan from Eden Walk is uh, a friend of Jam and Am. He's a friend of all of us at the network. And it just seemed really <laughs> appropriate to have Kevin on this week. You know, there are a lot of stereotypes about Jews and December 25th and Chinese food and movies. Uh, Tablet Magazine actually even published an article about it. And I decided I needed to have Kevin on to tell me if this was... Fact or fiction? Hello, Kevin. How are you? Hello, Miriam. How are you? I am well. Thanks for coming on. So tell me, fact or fiction? Jews and Chinese food on the 25th of December. Fact. No way. A Jewish Chinese holiday. (laughs) Tell uh, things are crazier on the 25th, like generally. 
things are generally uh, crazy around the 25th. You know, um, we're one of the few stores that are actually open on the 25th because oh. most uh, American restaurants close. So, so you so you get the you get the benefit of being one of the places that are open, being on 34th Street, having that availability, and being kosher. And being kosher. Any specials, by the way, yesterday? Uh, we we have a coupons out there. We have actually a special coupon out there for for the week. A week. That's funny. I know that your Petopia coupons, by the way, and your Petopia Facebook posts and whatever they they seriously they make they make me want to take the F train uptown. And that's, that's why we put them out there. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't make my boss too happy. Um, how long have you been in the uh, Chinese food business, by the way? It's been 15 years. And 15 years of experience. So that does make you a maven. 15 years of experience tells you that there really is something to the Chinese food thing. There is definitely something to the Chinese food thing, and especially the kosher Chinese food thing. Do people come in and make a joke about it? About the Jews and Christmas, or the Jews and... Yeah, no, 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 the Jews and coming in on the 25th, and Dafka, you know, do they make jokes about it? They do. It's become a tradition in a lot of families, a movie and Chinese food. That's, you know, it's really funny, because I was joking um, about all the things that Jews are good for, uh, this time of year, you know, covering shifts in the hospitals that nobody wants and all this other stuff. And then there's, you know, providing Chinese food. <laughs> Correct. Actually, my friend owns Chopsticks in Teaneck, and he told me this morning they're doing a bris tomorrow. Are you kidding me? So the person insisted on having Chinese food at his bris. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, of stuff in terms of, uh, Kashras-wise, what you obviously can't do and can do um, when you're taking Chinese food and you're making it kosher. What What is uh, one of the most challenging dishes that you tried to do in terms of authenticity with your um, your Asian chefs and keeping it kosher? Um, you know, over the years, it's gotten a lot easier because a lot of the ingredients that years ago you had to figure out a way to make yourself, mm. today they make it kosher. So, I mean, even from the mushu sauce, to the mushu pancakes, we used to have to figure out how to make the mushu pancakes by hand. And since then, now they actually make them kosher, the real authentic mushu pancakes. So many of the different ingredients that we use years ago, we had to figure out a way to make them taste almost the same. And today, it's the kosher symbol has almost become mainstream on a lot of these Chinese products. What is, uh, what's the biggest sellers you have? Is it still like the General Tso's and the sesame chicken? General Tso's, sesame chicken, egg rolls, wonton soup. The main staples. Jews are just, you know, in love with Chinese food. I am particularly. Are you kidding me? You put me in front. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the uh, ZK is about to roll his eyes because he knows I don't eat meat. But I love a good bowl of tofu. <laughs> just... that's, that's not one of the more popular dishes, <laughs> but there are people who come in for the tofu. I do. I come in for the tofu. Are still are people, you know, necessarily ordering white rice? Or you're making a lot of brown rice these days. We're doing a lot more brown rice than we used to. We actually probably do almost as much brown rice as we do white rice. Really? It's become a much more health-conscious uh, society. And uh, what are some of the weird, like, special order things that people put in, like no MSG, no this, no that? Um, you know, you see a little bit of everything, and nothing jumps out of me as the craziest request. You always get some strange requests. I mean, probably the General Chow's chicken and brown rice seems a little strange if you're having the fried chicken. Yeah, it's the hamburger with the Diet Coke. That's what right. it is. <laughs> so, uh, but everybody has their own. That's the nice thing about Chinese food also, is that you can customize each order because it's made one at a time. Right. So it's nice to be able to make each person exactly the way they want it. 
Right. Yeah, there is, uh, there's that expression in French, the à la minute, that it's made at that very second. Chinese food, by its very nature, is made on the spot and, and uh, made to order, so to speak. Correct. What, um, how many people, by the way, coming into the store this week are, are still working or they're uh, not on vacation? So it's um, not as many business people anymore, but the city is full this week with tourists and people just on vacation. So it balances out. The people who aren't working are replaced by the people who are vacationing. I joked with Nahum this morning that um, the only other people on the train with me coming in from Long Island were the hardcore shoppers who were, you know, trying to get, you know, deals and this and that and, and now doing returns and what have you, trying to get rid of all their gifts that they didn't want. And um, everyone was, like, strategizing and what ha- and and. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I know I'm going to work, but all these people are doing other things. Right, that's the nice thing about being in Midtown, where people are in the city shopping anyway, so it doesn't even look like a holiday week. Is it quiet without Stern in, in business? Uh, Stern is actually still in school. Oh, they're it still, is? They're still around. Oh, the girls are there? Uh, I believe so. They're still, they finish, maybe they're in finals, but they don't finish till oh, Jan- I the beginning of January. I didn't realize that they were still around. Yeah, for those people who do not know... Um, that um, Eden Walk is across the street from Brooktail Hall, where many of us, many Stern College women, took a residence for our number of years at Stern College on 34th Street. And uh, between, was it Park and Madison? Between Park and Madison. Park and Madison. I say it like I, like I, like I forget, but I really don't. Um, I, I want you to know, by the way, one of my most important early meetings with Nahum took place at Eden Walk. That's how many years ago? Uh, you know, like a year and a half ago, it was like a really formative meeting. We had a very important meeting. It was on a Friday, and we met at Eden Walk. I'm just... right, for, for many years, we had Nachman's uh, picture hanging on 72nd Street, Eden Walk. Oh, really? Yeah, he was very, a uh, very good customer and very friendly with our sushi chef. Uh, well, I imagine, I, I, I can't, yeah, I don't have a problem having trouble imagining the, <laughs> the second part. Um, by the way, what's the most uh, popular sushi roll that people order? Uh, California roll, spicy mock crab is actually becoming one of the most popular rolls. Oh, really? Yeah, it's because it's, uh, a lot of people are afraid of the raw fish, so the spicy mock crab gives them uh, the safety of knowing that they haven't a cooked item. Oh, that's interesting. Are you making tempura rolls also, by the way? We make tempura rolls. We make uh, a panini sushi, which is like a layered uh, sushi, almost like a rainbow cookie with sushi in it. Oh, wow. So that's become very popular also. Wow, that sounds yum. That sounds yum. I may have to stop by on my way uh, out of the five out of Manhattan to the five towns today. Maybe set up another meet with Nakam in the store. Yeah, I think he fell for it the first time. He's not falling for it the second time. <laughs> but anyway, Chinese food and Jews the week of December 25th. On December 25th, it is not a myth, says Kevin Conan from Eden Walk. And we thank Eden Walk, as always, for its support of everything that we do at jmtheam.org, jmtheam, and, of course, here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you, Miriam. Take care. Thank you, Bob. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am awaiting my last interview, but meanwhile, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of a background. I hope he is able to join us. If not, um, I will let you know anyway that Jason Gardner, who was the runner that we had on um, a couple of months ago, he was part of the running group that was raising money for Afikim, running from the north to the south of of Israel. I was going to say Jerusalem, but that is wrong. From the north to south of Israel. They were very successful. They finished their run uh, last week. They were um, able to raise, I just want to pull up the number, I'm pretty sure it was over $40,000 
in um, in donations. They are still collecting donation donations. I'm actually um, I, I know that I am putting the information out there, though I hope that he will be able to join me on the air pretty soon um, because we are almost out of time. But I do want to let you know that at rootfunding.com slash campaign slash 4160, um, you can donate to all of those guys. They had their um, challenging 36 hours where they ran. For, I know, ZK and I are looking at each other going, that's crazy. Uh, from the north to the south of Israel. They encouraged people to cheer them along the way, to have a great time, and to be there at the finish line in a lot. And I remember Jason had told us that at the finish line, would um, in, in a lot, that the wives were, were being invited to stay at the hotel down there and be a part of the celebration and the relaxing weekend after a run like that. And I certainly don't blame them. Um, they have, again, they have surpassed $40,000, and all the money goes to Afikim, which, again, is a wonderful, wonderful organization. I actually am looking, I think, Adi Levin and Gilad Levin for putting me in touch with everyone. Gilad was one of the runners as well. He, he posted a picture on Facebook, which is pretty wild, about what it, what his brother looked like as he was. Let me just find it. Um, give me a second. Um, as he was running past the family. Oh, here it is. Ah, he was halfway from Jerusalem to Eilat. I see this picture. It, you know, it's, it's, it was, ah, there it was. It was in Martesh Ramon. I couldn't believe it that, um, that the race had taken place that these guys, I don't want to say were sur- survived, but it's really quite an undertaking. It's really, I mean, ZK, get on the air for one second. It's really quite, Incredible how many people have ideas, and that's between Ariel today and Adina last week, and people we've had on over the years here at That's Life, people who have wonderful ideas and actually do something about it. There are plenty of people who do nothing. There are plenty of people who, thank God, do something. And it starts with something small, like a quarter. But isn't it inspiring? It definitely is. No, it was really, it was really good today, you know? Yeah. It is very inspiring. Yeah, and you you know you often see it from kids, and you often see it from people who have small ideas. Um, yeah, you look at somebody like Alexander Rappaport, who makes must be a go every single day, who had an idea, worked with somebody else, and now must be a serves a huge purpose and fills a major need within our community. Um, I encourage everyone. I really do encourage everyone. You have an idea, or you want to piggyback on somebody else's idea, go for it. Give a quarter a day. Go to goodstreet.org. Remember, that's S-T. Support somebody who needs a pair of socks. Do whatever it is. A small donation goes a long way. Um, and I'm going to invite Jason to join me on the air another time, but we got to wrap it up here. So I am going to get ready to say my goodbyes. Um, that is disappointing, but hopefully we'll be able to touch base with him Next week, you've been listening to That's Life here on the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam Elwald. Thank you for making me part of your day. Let's go through the rundown. Nahum Siegel joins us on the air hosting the live lunch right after this show. You do not want to miss it. It's two hours, 11 to 1, as we like to say, brunch and lunch with Nahum during the live lunch and the new stunt show hosted by Gorf right after that at 1 o'clock. And then starting at 2 p.m., we are introducing Throwback Thursdays. Yep, Throwback Thursdays will be encoring a JM in the AM from years past. 
And knowing Mark Zomick, he is encoring one from December 26th of many, many years ago. And you got to know Mark Zomick to know that that's his plan. So definitely tune in. You want to hear what was popular then? You want to hear people's voices change or what was happening that day? Definitely tune in. That's starting at 2 o'clock. Buy the book Encore with Nahum. And then Michael Fragan is also, actually, he is off this week. And Charlie Burnout at 7 p.m. wraps up the lineup. And tune in all day long. We have a lot of good stuff going on. Join Nahum tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 as he hosts JM the AM live here on the stream, NahumSiegel.com, JMTheAM.org, 91.1, 90.9, and 91.9 FM. Don't miss the weekly update. That's, Na- that's Nahum and Malcolm together starting at about 7.40 in the morning. And, of course, Naomi Table for Two on tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Don't miss it. An updated 2014 schedule is on our website, NahumSiegel.com, is available uh, that is where it is available. Click on the network schedule to see everything we've got going on. My thanks to ZK. I know I gave him a hard time in the middle of the show, but uh, it is always nice to have him around. I leave you with Avram Fried's Bashanim from the Bain Kach U Bain Kach album. ZK played it on the live lunch this week on Tuesday, and I enjoyed listening to it. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>
راقبه 